I'm here to find you. Reveal yourself to me as I wait. You make me strong as I long. You draw me to your arms as I stand and sing your pretty much how it goes. We'll sing that much again. I'm here to meet with you. Come and meet with me. I'm here welcome you. We want you to uh, feel a part of our community here, part of our family. Uh, you'll notice there in the pew rack in front of you is a little white guest registration card. If you'll take just a moment to fill that out, um, at the conclusion of the service, you can, uh, as you're exiting the, the worship center, you can head down to your left, and there's a welcome desk there, and you can uh, either hand that to uh, Jake, is, who's preaching today, or uh, there's a box there that you can place that in. So we appreciate uh, you taking just a moment to do that. Today is Graduate Recognition Sunday. We're excited to be able to celebrate all their accomplishments, all the, the seniors. We've got 34 seniors this year uh, that are graduating. Um, some of them will be scattered in different services, so you're not going to see them all together in one service today. Uh, but we've got uh, many of them submitted pictures and videos uh, so that we can recognize them via video. And so we'll show that here in just a moment. But I would like to ask if you're a senior and graduating uh, and you're in here now, will you please stand so we can recognize you? We've got two up there, we've got three down there, Lars is, is walking in, so um, I appreciate these guys and, and all their hard work. They represent um, a lot of scholarship money. We've got some smart kids, I'll tell you that. Um, so I'm excited to um, you know, to celebrate this milestone with them. And so uh, let's enjoy this video. And graduates, at the conclusion of this service, if you'll please meet me in the library right back here, right down this little hallway uh, outside of the worship center, I've got a gift for you there that I'd like to give you at the conclusion of the service. Let's uh, celebrate and watch this video. Around my finger and it's so quiet in the world tonight Your little eyelids flutter cause you're dreaming So I tuck you in, turn on your favorite nightlight To you, everything's funny 
There's just so much you can't do, and you can't wait to move out someday and call your own shots. But don't make her drop you off around the block. Remember that she's getting older too, and don't lose the way that you dance around in your PJs, getting ready for school. Oh, darling, don't you ever grow up? Don't you ever grow up? Just stay this little. Darling, don't you ever grow up? Don't you ever grow up? It could stay this simple, and no one's ever burned you. Nothing's ever left you scarred. And even though you want to, just try to never grow up. Take pictures in your mind of your childhood.、Room. Memorize what it sounded like when your dad gets home. Remember the footsteps, remember the words said, and know your little brother's favorite songs. I just realized everything I have is someday gonna be gone. So here I am in my new apartment in a big city. They just dropped me off. It's so much colder than I thought it would be, so I tuck myself in and turn my nightlight on.
Noah Helwig. I'm the son of Brian Ashby and Sarah Ashby. I'm a graduate of Roots Classical Tutorial, and I plan on going to the Coast Guard. Hi, my name is Reagan Chambers. I'm the daughter of Roger and Jeanette Chambers and granddaughter of Jane Chambers. I will be graduating from the Webb School and attending Lipscomb University in the fall with a major in biochemistry and minor in Spanish on the pre-med path. Hey everyone, my name is Lydia Fanning. I'm the daughter of Wes and Susan Fanning. I just graduated from Tullahoma High School. This fall, I will be attending the University of Tennessee in Knoxville to further my education and major in business finance. Hello, I'm Ryan Green. I am the daughter of Mary and Greg Green. I am graduating from Coffee County Central High School. I plan to attend Motlow State Community College and transfer to a four-year university and obtain a bachelor's degree in business marketing. Hey, I'm Chase Hancock. I'm the son of Greg and Renee Hancock. I am a graduate from Coffee County Central High School. I plan on attending Motlow and then attending Tennessee Tech for a bachelor's degree in business. Hi, I'm Rachel Johnson. I'm the daughter of Martin and Karen Johnson. I'm graduating from Coffee County Central High School and I plan on attending UAH in Huntsville in the fall. Hi, my name is Taylor Lawrence. I'm the daughter of Chad and Lisa Lawrence and I'm graduating from Coffee County Central High School. In the fall, I plan to attend Austin P. State University and major in pre-vet. Hi, my name is Sunshine Mai. I'm the daughter of Sam and Cheryl Mai. I'm a graduate of Coffee County Central High School, and this fall I will be attending Chattanooga State Community College and transferring to the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga to pursue a degree in psychology. Hello, everybody. My name is Wyatt Nugent. I'm the son of Herb and Lori Nugent. I'm graduating from Coffee County High School my plan is to go to MTSU and pursue a degree in computer science. Hey everybody, my name is Cassie Pittman. I'm the daughter of Clinton Karen Pittman and a graduate of Coffee County Central High School. My future plans are to attend Motlow State Community College in the fall, then transfer to MTSU to pursue a degree in veterinary science. Hi everyone, my name is Lars Pittman. I'm the son of Cody and Becky Pittman. I am a graduate of Coffee County Central High School and plan on attending the University of Alabama in Huntsville and obtaining my bachelor's degree in aerospace engineering. Hey guys, my name is Libby Rayfield. I'm the daughter of Bruce and Galen Rayfield. I'm graduating from Coffee County Central High School. I'm going to attend Motlow for the first two years and then transfer to the university to get a bachelor's degree in finance. Hi, my name is Ethan Stacy. I'm the son of Chad and Mandy Stacy, and I'm a graduate of Home Life Academy. And this fall, I'll be attending Tennessee Technological University pursuing a degree in chemical engineering. Hi, my name is Dasha Winsco. I'm the daughter of Jennifer Peppers. I graduated from Coffee County Central High School, and my future plans are to attend Belmont University for computer science. And I count on one thing yeah, The same God that never fails It will not fail me now You won't fail me now In the waiting yeah, The same God who's never late Is working all things out You're working all things out Santa doesn't sing Yes, I will Lift you high 
in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy all my days. Yes, I will. Sing, I count on one thing, and I count on one thing. Yeah, sing, God, that never fails. It will not fail me now. You won't fail me now in the waiting. Yeah, sing, God, is never lame. He's working all things out. He's working all things out. Yes, I will. Lift you high in the lowest valley, yes, I will bless your name. Oh, yes, I will sing for joy when my heart is heavy for all my days. Oh, yes, I will for all my days. Yes, I will and I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing to stand against, and I choose to praise, to glorify, glorify the name of all names. Nothing can stand against, and I choose to praise. Let's celebrate that this morning. You were the word at the beginning, one with God, the Lord most high. Your hidden glory in creation. Now revealed in you are Christ. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. What a beautiful name it is. Nothing compares to this. What a beautiful name it is. What a 
thank you that you are all that we need. We thank you for the message of the gospel that lets us know that you love us and you've come to save us. God, help that message be the inspiration for who we need to be as your people. He delivers your word. Thank you for your word. We love you and give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, can we give it up to Daniel and the band? Thank you so much for leading us in worship this morning. And uh, I want to thank Dr. Cox for giving me the opportunity to preach this three-week message. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to preach God's word this morning. And we're in a series entitled Legacy. And here's the big arching kind of idea Here in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3, I'm going to paraphrase this, but Paul says, what I've received, I passed on. And it was of first importance. And so last week we talked about our message. The the very important thing for Paul to pass on was the gospel. And then today we begin kind of the two-week part of applying the gospel and what the gospel does. And so today what we're going to look at is how the gospel creates a people. And so today our, our topic is community, that we are a people. The church is a family. So if you have your Bibles, let's open up to Ephesians chapter 4. And uh, as you get there, I want to give you just a little bit of context here. So in Ephesians chapter 1, what Paul is doing there is he is unpacking or declaring the gospel that saves. He's essentially doing what we did last week. And I love the iconic verse in the first part of chapter 2. For you have been saved by grace through faith. This is not of your own works. This is a gift of God so that no one can boast. So then in Ephesians 2, what Paul does is he talks about how the gospel brings unity between Jew and Gentile and creates a family, that we are unified, that we are one, and that the gospel brings this unity. And then in chapter 3, Paul says that it was God's purpose in forming this combined people to declare his wisdom and his glory to the rulers and authorities. Uh, It says here in Ephesians 3, verse 10, I'm just going to read this to you. It says, this is so that God's multifaceted wisdom may now be made known through the church to the rulers and authorities in the heavens. So essentially in the unseen spiritual world, God is pointing at us saying, look at that. Look at what I've done there. Look at what my gospel has done. Look at my wisdom. Look at my glory. And he's pointing at you and me. And then you get to chapter 4. And what we see here is that the gospel does create a unified people. But we um, are not automatically living out the reality that the gospel has done in our hearts. So here's the big idea this morning. The big idea is this. The church is an already and not yet community formed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. So if you think about this, we are already positionally made right with God. Everything that is true of Jesus is now true of us. We are justified. When God looks at us, he sees his son. But in the here and now, we still struggle with sin, don't we? We don't fully look like what we have been called or declared to be. That's why Paul's opening line here in this chapter is, Therefore I urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. Now the Ephesians have already received the gospel. They have already been formed into the community that God had, but they do not yet fully reflect what the gospel has made. And so as we unpack this, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit. But today what we're going to do in the text is we're going to look at four commitments of this already but not yet community. Four commitments of the church here in this text. So the first commitment is this. We will grow in gospel community through our actions and attitudes towards one another. So let's read this section together starting in verse 1. Therefore I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you've received. 
with all humility, gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So as we unpack this, three key words to jump out to us. Walk, worthy, calling. Our walk talks about the way we live. This Greek word for worthy, I love it. It's the idea of a balance, and it means of equal weight, meaning we walk or we live a life that is of equal weight to the blessings of the gospel. We live a a life that is of equal weight to the calling that we have. And then when he talks about calling here, what he's saying is he's referring both to our calling to salvation and our calling to service. So, So what does this show us? Gospel community is formed in the ordinary, mundane, day-to-day, week-to-week moments of life. I mean, if you look at this text, these things that he lays out, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, they're really simple, easy ideas for us to understand, aren't they? But man, aren't they hard virtues for us to possess? I mean, these things are difficult. I kind of liken it to this. Every now and then I'll watch golf and I'll watch Tiger Woods. Let me just show you a video of his golf swing for a second. This is going to be playing in the background. You know, the thing about golf is it is super, super simple, right? I mean, it's got to be the most easy game to understand. There's a ball. There's a tee. There's a driver. And your job is to hit the ball, right, and send it straight down the fairway 300 yards. That's simple, I mean, anybody should be able to do that, right? But have you ever grabbed one of these things and tried to hit a ball 300 yards straight as an arrow down the fairway? It is so difficult to do. I mean, when I try to do it, you know what happens to me? The ball goes vroom, and then it goes, and it almost ends up right where it started, right next to me. Such a simple game to understand. Such a frustrating game to play. Such a frustrating thing to try to possess. And I think that's part of gospel community. That's part of what Paul is saying. It is so easy to understand these virtues. It is so difficult to possess them. And the key word in all of this is keep or maintain. Which means this is an ongoing posture for us. Humility, gentleness, bearing with one another. Like, you don't just do that one time and cross it off your list. Like, do y'all remember that one time I was humble? That was awesome, that one time. I was the most humble person on earth that one time. Nailed it. Or do y'all remember that one time I was patient? Never doing that again. That was awful, right? You don't just do this one time. It is this ongoing in the day-to-day grind of daily life. So number one, what this tells us is that gospel community is formed through the daily rhythms of abiding in Christ. Our second commitment is this. We will ground a gospel community in our common confession. I want you to pay attention to the repeated words here. Verse four. There's one body, one spirit, and you are called to one hope at your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, now notice the second group of repeated words, one God and Father of all, who is above all, who is through all, and is in all. Do you see the repeated words? One and all. Now I'm using the word ground here in our commitment because that talks about our foundation, our source. Church theology matters. What we believe matters. What we believe is always connected to how we live if I was writing a theology paper, I would say this. Our orthodoxy is always, or always leads to orthopraxy, right? What we believe lives to how, leads to how we live. So we notice these repeated words, and I'm hitting the high points, but go with me. We have one God. We have one message, one gospel. We have one body, one church. And this all comes together. Like, the word all here tells me we don't get to pick and choose our unifiers, Right? Because here's what happens in the church. We realize that we're one body and we're all connected. But there's subgroups within the body that we have affinities for or that we really like. 
Let, let me show you what I mean. Um, I really have a lot in common with Christians who wear orange on Saturdays in the fall, right? Like, I like that group of Christians. I have a lot in common. I've been through a lot with this group of Christians. I mean, let me just tell you. Every September, we are insanely optimistic about how things are going to go, aren't we? I mean, we start off, well, it's like 1998 all over again. And then in October, we're depressed. This is awful. I can't believe that happened. And then in November, we are bitter, right? Somebody's going to have to answer for this. Uh, We're holding somebody accountable. Somebody's getting fired, and I don't care if we have to start all over again. And then what happens in the off-season? We're insanely optimistic again. This could be the year. I've been through a lot with Christians who wear orange on Saturdays in the fall. But I am called to one God through one message to one church And we are all called to be unified. We don't get to pick our unifiers. And if you look around the room just for a second, right, you don't see a ton of diversity here. But here's the one thing that brings us all together, right? We have one God. We have one message. And we all are coming together as one church. So we need every part of the body in unity together. Okay, this third commitment, it's going to get a little thick for a minute. It's going to get a little deep and heavy. Just walk with me. We're just going to hit the high points together. But here in verse 7, well, let me read what it is here. We will maximize gospel community as we receive and use God's gifts. So look at verse 7. It says here, Now grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, and he's quoting uh, Psalm 68, When he ascended on high, he took the captives captive. And he gave gifts to the people. And what's going on there? Verse 9 kind of unpacks it. Well, what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens to fill all things. Verse 11. And he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Verse 12 is the key. To equip the saints for the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ. Now, there's a lot going on here. Like I said, I'm just going to hit the high points here. But when he quotes Psalm 68, what Paul's doing is he's talking about how this psalm talks about a conquering king who once he conquers an area, he takes all the things that he acquires and then he distributes the gifts to the people. He's making a connection to Jesus here when he does that. He says, listen, Jesus descended from his throne in heaven to earth. And then he defeated death. And he secured our victory on the cross and in his resurrection. Then he ascended back to his throne. And when he ascended, he distributed gifts to his people. The primary gift that he gave us is the Holy Spirit. So what can we say about these gifts? We see here in verse 7 that these gifts are grace. There is nothing we have done to earn or deserve deserve the gifts that God has given us. We also see in verse 7 that each or every Christian has received a gift. When Jesus went back to heaven, he did not leave you empty-handed. I've got a family member. um, She says this, and I just think it's funny. She says, um, I used to think I had the gift of compassion. Now I I don't know what gift I have now. I'm not sure. I know it's not compassion, right? And so here's the deal. J.D. Greer has this diagram. I think this is really helpful. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts are, uh, you can go to our website. We have an inventory there where you can take that. But if you look at Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, you hold out those passages together. And then this diagram, I think, is really helpful. You look at your abilities. What are you good at? You look at your affinities. What do you love? What do you like? And then what have other Christians spoken into you? What are the affirmations you've received? You put all that together in a Venn diagram, what comes in the middle should be a spiritual gift that you have. But here's also what we see in verse 7. These gifts are varied. So we have unity in the church, but we also know there's diversity in the church. Verse 12 tells us these gifts are meant to build the body up. Verse 11 tells us that some have leadership gifts in the body. But verse 12 reminds us again that we all have 
ministry responsibility. Here's the point I want to make. Our pastors minister to us. Our pastors minister with us. But they do not minister for us. We are a priesthood of believers. And so here's the thing. The role of those with leadership gifts, verse 12 says, is to equip the saints for the work of ministry and to build up the body of Christ. Here's the point we need to come away with. We live in gospel community. When we use the gifts that we have to build up the people we do life with. Okay, final commitment is right here. Verses 13 through 16. Here's what we see. We realize gospel community when we pursue maturity together. So verse 13. Until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into maturity with a stature measured by Christ's fullness, verse 14, then we'll no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching, uh, by human cleverness and techniques of deceit. Verse 15, speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way to him who is the head, Christ. So the indicator of Christian maturity is we speak with agape love, and our goal is to have everybody look more and more like Jesus. Verse 16, from him the whole body is fitted together. Every supporting ligament promotes the growth of the body for building itself up in love by the proper working of each individual part. Y'all, I just want you to see God's design here for the church. Notice that there is purpose and intention. We all have gifts. We all who are members are all working to maturity. We want everybody to look like Jesus. We want everybody to look more and more like the already and less and less like the not yet. So how do we get there? He tells us we got to have unity. we got to have the knowledge of Christ. we got to have the character of Christ. We have to have right doctrine. There needs to be growth in in our lives. And then ultimately, this is all supported by the love that we have for one another. Is this not a beautiful picture of the body of Christ you see right here? And here's what I want you to understand. This is already true of you. And it's not yet fully true of us. Therefore, we have to walk worthy of the calling we have received. Even though we're not yet, we have to walk with an equal weight to what this text is calling us to. So as I land the plane this morning, here's where I want to go. The Christian life is not meant to be lived in isolation. Hey, graduates, can I say that again? The Christian life is not meant to be lived in isolation. You guys over the next six months are about to experience some of the biggest transitions in life you will ever experience. And it's going to be so easy for you as you leave this local body to not get connected to another local body. It's going to be so easy when you leave this church to not find a church in the place that you're going to next. But let me tell you, you're going to miss out on the legacy that was provided for you. The gospel is our message. The gospel is a community-forming force. The gospel creates a people. And let me tell you, graduates, if there's one constant in your life you can always have, no matter where you are, is that you have a family, you have a local church that loves you. There's one here in Manchester and whatever city you go to. There is an expression of this body that is there to care for you. But the Christian life is not meant to be lived in isolation. It can't be. That's not what God has done. The gospel is a community-forming force. We may not fully reflect the reality of what God has done. That's true of the global church. It's true of this local church. But consider this. Jesus knew we would be imperfect when he saved us. He knew we would be imperfect when he formed us. And yet he was still willing to go to the cross for us to make all of this a reality. Therefore, from this grace, we've got to learn to walk together in a manner that is worthy of the calling that we have received. So is that close? The gospel is our message. That was last week. Today, we see that the local church is passed down from generation to generation to generation. But you know what? We can do that right now. I want to throw up one last picture on the screen. 
And that's this picture of Oakley Ministry Center, which I think is one of the true legacies of our church. And I asked Dr. Cox this, this week, could you tell me the story again? I love the story. Could you just tell me the story of Oakley again? Do you know how this all started? We had a church member who knew she had the gospel and knew the gospel was a community-forming force. And she saw an area of our county that needed the gospel, that needed gospel people, that needed a church. And so this member, who was a teacher at Hillsborough Elementary School, went to the leadership of her church and said, hey, could we do something? And so the church did. They did a block party. They had food, singing, and face painting. And they called the owner of that subdivision and said, hey, we're going to come out. We're going to do this. He came out. When he saw what they were doing, he said, hey, do you want some land? Um, If you'll do something good for the community, I'll give you this land. And I'm sure the leaders at that point were like, well, they're not making more land. Sure, we'll take some land, right? And they got out on that land, and it wasn't suitable to build anything. They went back to the owner. The owner said, well, I got some other stuff, other land. Do you want this? And there was a trailer on it. And what began in a little trailer grew and grew and grew to now where we have a building that is looking more and more like a church plant. But here's the thing. A gospel legacy was started in one member of our church. Think about how many people from our church have lived into that gospel legacy, right? How many of y'all have brought a meal? How many of y'all have served on the leadership team? How many of you are currently serving on the leadership team? And think about for the generations to come. A gospel legacy is something you can pass on gospel legacy is something you can live right now, together, one another, living out this gospel message. Let's pray together. Father, as we have looked at your word, God, we see the community you have created through the gospel. God, I know that we're going to mess up. I know that we're not yet fully what you've created us to be, what you've declared us to be. But God, you say we're already this. Help us to become what you have called us to. And God, as we live in the tension of already and not yet, may we give grace to one another because sometimes we're more not yet than already. So Father, as we move together more and more to be in the image of Christ, we ask for your spirit to help us and guide us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, today you can create a gospel legacy. Today you can pray to receive Christ. I'll be at the Welcome Center. I would love to talk to you about how you can become a Christian. Today you can join a gospel legacy, right? You can join our church, lock arms with us, and be a part of the family. However God is is dealing with you, if you have any other spiritual uh, decisions or conversations to have, I'll be at the Welcome Center. I'd love to talk to you. But today we get the opportunity to stand and respond to God's word. Would you stand and respond together? Just made it all, all to him 
Be seated for just a couple of minutes, if you will. Thank you, uh, Daniel, McKenzie, and uh, team for leading. Todd Green, our worship pastor, on vacation today. Great to have a discipleship pastor who's got a good side gig who can help <laughs> us out there. We appreciate that so much. And them, amen. <clears throat> Thank you, Jake, for preaching God's word to us today and calling us into community. Uh, appreciate that so much. And I want to just add my uh, word of congratulations to our graduates. Uh, my privilege to baptize some of these as kids and others of them has come into our church through a great student ministry. And we just pray God's blessing upon you and your family in these days ahead. Uh, we're glad to be a part of a legacy in your life and pray you'll continue that legacy. I want to, our next big event coming up is Vacation Bible School. Begins two weeks from tomorrow. I want to ask you to do two things in these next two weeks, if you will. Would you first of all pray for our Vacation Bible School, one of the great outreach events of our church, June 7 through 11? Secondly, would you make contacts and invite families with kids to be a part of Vacation Bible School, whether they're from entering kindergarten in the fall to completed eighth grade this past year? That's the age range through middle school. So... You know families that live near you, and you've never met them, or you don't have, you have but this would be a great way just to say, hey, I want to invite your kids. There are, there are little flyers on the Welcome Center that you can give out to them. You can post it on your social media, but would you help us share that word? It's a great gospel connection, that invitation. As you go today, I hope you'll do two things. First of all, I want to invite you to give. We give now by giving in the offering boxes that are right inside those double doors as you leave. As God has given to us, 
we give back to him in gratitude, and that's one of the ways we worship. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving your tithes and offerings uh, through our church to our God. The second thing I want to encourage you to do is be a part of a connection group. Right now, beginning in about 15 minutes, there's a small group from birth through senior adults. You can find your place, and that's really the way to make the connections that Jake has been talking about in this sermon today. Needs to be more than this large group worship. I really encourage you to connect with some folks, get to know them, share life with them so you can bear with them and be patient with them and and they with you. Thank you for coming and being here today. Let's pray as we go. Would you join me? Father in heaven, you're so good. You've given us your son, Jesus, and we could never pay you back for that. But we give to you today our worship by our presence of being here. Uh, We're here because we believe in you. We worship today by lifting our voices in song. We worship today by being washed and cleansed by the word of God as we listen to it. We worship today as we go, Lord, by giving back to you a small portion, a tenth of what you've given us to say thank you. Thank you for your goodness to us. And Lord, we worship by sharing that good news with others. Bless us now. Thank you for these people, this community, this family. I pray your blessing upon them as we go. In the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen. One, two, three. As I wait, you make me strong as I long.